Hello and welcome to First Time Films. It's me, Jack Higgins, speaking. I'll be taking over the reins tonight. Um, I'm joined by David Campbell and Luke McLaughlin. What's that? Hello! The boys. Yeah. How we doing? Yeah. A few, few familiar faces on the panel. Um, tonight, we're going to... In fact, no, Truffles, actually. Mm. You've got a movie. Mate, Let's we dropped the that. trailer today. Oh. Uh, and it's very exciting. Very exciting. We managed to drop the, uh, the trailer. Go on to... Facebook. Uh, Andy Mitchell wants to be a wrestler. Is the name of the movie. It's the name of the Facebook page, and you can see the trailer there. Did you like the trailer? Did you like the trailer? Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Get to love it. I I get sent it prior to the final edit of it, and uh, I couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was fucking brilliant, and that's not even me being biased. I generally did watch it as a innocent bystander, thinking I'm going to criticise us to fuck. But uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I think, no, it's fine. It's mauling. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. The best part yeah. is Jack Higgins. There's some good performances <laughs> in there. What? Good performance in there. Screaming STI oh, at the top man, of his flat. lungs. Just like... <laughs> Do you know what's funny about that? People wouldn't know that oh, was like the first... That's the... Well, I think that was like the first take we did because no one knew what song he was going to sing. That was the first... No one knew what song was. he was going to sing. So Jack, Jack's just trying no, to sing along. I, I've, I've watched that trailer three times. And every time I've buckled when Jack goes, that's it off the cuff. Like, you see, he's just, the, the fact that it's the character trying to sing along, but it's also Jack trying to figure out what he's going to sing. <laughs> and I was like, this could have been more perfect. I'm buzzing the way Erica Izzy is our uh, editor. And uh, yeah, she's an absolute star, man, putting together great. So I'm happy with it. But go and check it out. Uh, you'll, you'll love it. I definitely, definitely. And have you got a have you got a rough estimate of what time in twenty twenty you'll be released? It will be released, Jack. I can I can exclusively tell you here. <laughs> oh in yes, twenty twenty, and I can tell you that much. <laughs> that's that's all you can tell. At least when the movie is finished, Jack. All right, I am not committing <laughs> to any specific date <laughs> right now. But sometime in twenty twenty, <laughs> the first crop of people will see this movie. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Um, anyway, so we'll move on. We've got a, a movie title that I'm probably going to get wrong all night because <laughs> I keep mixing it. I keep mixing it up, right? I've already had a wee slip up, but uh, I keep mixing oh, bad times that. at the Eldorado. <laughs> that. I can't stop saying that. <laughs> By the way, Eldorado Royale. Uh, the hunt, is it the hunt for Eldorado? No, that's the hunt for Red October. What's the Eldorado movie? No, no, it's uh, the road to Eldorado. What a film! We should do that. Stop the show. What a film! <laughs> that is something. Honestly, but yes, bad times at the El Royale. It's also difficult to say Royale yeah. after a couple of whiskeys and that. <laughs> um, I've not tried a couple of whiskeys. But anyway, directed in 2018, directed by uh, Drew Goddard. Who done Cabin in the Woods, The Martian, World War Z, amongst others? Um, it's got an insanely talented cast, including John Hamm, Jeff Bridges, Cynthia Erivo, and Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Uh, it made thirty-one point nine million dollars on a thirty-two million dollar budget, so it actually made a. And I cannot. And it's not until you read the stats that I was like, "Fuck that movie!" Must have actually taken so much to make. Um, when I seen the the budget, thirty two million dollar budget, I was like, "Fuck, that's actually." You can see it; it's reflected in the amount of work that's been put in there and stuff. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. But it's also uh, one of those. It uh, also sure. is one of those movies that I do not remember like much advertisement coming out for this at all. No, I don't remember anything about it. Any... See, 
when you told me this is the next film, I, I didn't know anything about it. And then see when I sat and watched it, and I realised, oh, I seen it was out, released in twenty eighteen. I couldn't believe it. I didn't. I've never heard this film in my life. I didn't even know. I, I, nothing at all. That's why I said to you, Trough. I was like, how the fuck did this go under the radar? And you just said there was no advertising for it, which is true. That it looks like there was absolutely fuck all for it. But then I read a small article about how, even though it's got big, huge named actors in it, no. and they took a wage cut uh, to to actually let it happen, essentially. So um, there must have been some kind of some some sort of passion within that film to let, actually let it go because yeah. if they took a cut, yeah. but still didn't fucking work out, did it? <laughs> No, <laughs> not really. Uh, I, I mean, I think it got it was a seventy-seven percent or something on, on Rotten Tomatoes and fucking like seven point one IMDb. So it's not even really that well tipped. But um, I think we're all in agreement, even though we've no, <laughs> no given a score for it. But we think we're all yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're all in agreement that, 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 that we probably enjoyed it, and I think. Um, it's just a really nice piece of writing. Basically, if you run down, four strangers come together in the lobby of the hotel at the El Royale. It's a bi-state establishment <laughs> across the states of California and Nevada. <laughs> uh, and we basically get this, um, the events of one interesting night at the hotel from different characters' perspectives. I love like the cutscenes from, you know, um, which would normally be like a chapter. Um, but they're giving it as like the room numbers from the different perspectives of the characters that are yeah. seen, um, and I think that's why maybe some of the, maybe that um, that style of direction has been uh, is probably why it's been tipped as like a kind of Tarantino esque. Aye, uh, where it gathers some influence. It does. Aye, there's a couple of it's things a, like that. It's one thing I was I um is uh, because you're hosting this week, Jack, I assumed it was a film that you really enjoyed, and it did make sense that, like, it's very, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but it's very yeah. Pulp Fiction-y, um, in the way of, it, it, like, takes, even though it's taken from different perspectives, and so it's Pulp Fiction, but Pulp Fiction also moves in time, Aye. it's not in order, so, and it's the same with this film, like, uh, even though it's not drastic between, like, location to location, it's more or less, it's like a few minutes earlier, or a few minutes in the future, and it's, it's very um, Tarantino-esque along those lines, but it's class. I like it when it's all like, it's, it is just what it says. The El Royale is a character in itself with the uh, whole thing. Um, and they just move about the whole hotel or motel, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to call it, all the end. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's class. I thought it was good, but there's just, there's a lot of things that I think were missing or... I don't know. Right. Neither of you so, push so on it. We'll talk about that later. On. The Tarantino I, I find this. A, I find this another one because one of the reasons that I suggested this show to you uh, was because how much mm-hmm. you really enjoy the Hateful Eight from Tarantino. We're a bit of a disagreement Aye, in that. Uh, but it's reminds me the Hateful Eight is sort of a one story location, very theatrical. You know what I mean? What I like about it is very colourful as well. I love like style. I love, Aye, I love colour, the style definitely. in it. Like, it's, Aye, like you Aye. say, it's the dialogue, it's, it's the way things look, it's the attention to detail, you know what I mean, that I enjoy in it. But I do agree with Luke, there is some stuff missing uh, in it. Yeah, I, I think that reflects in the budget though. I think it's because they were just, they were stretched from what they had. But I mean, there's other things, I mean, I, I got different vibes off it constantly. But, um, I mean, I'm glad I walked in 
well, I'm glad I watched it, not knowing anything about it, because it, the, the shocks and the twists and the turns were surprising to me, and I was shocked, but there was things that were missing. And that I think also, for me, it's just a tiny bit long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to say it, but yes, 100%, I get cramped. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> it was like, I, was, I had to watch it in two parts, and I know you you hate it when someone does that, Jack. Like, oh, <laughs> like, does my like, like, nothing. It was, it's a TV sometimes, but like, <laughs> it's like two hours and 20 minutes. You know what I mean? I was just sticking this on as a late night watch. And like, I do think it doesn't justify at times going that length. Like, you could have easily done this in probably about 90 to 100 minutes, I think. You know what I mean? Trim the fat. Yeah, I think I think the I think one specific scene we'll probably talk about later on is, and and I feel like that just get like it gets stretched out as much as it could to just kind of flesh out a character even more when it shouldn't have. Like near the end, it, I felt it did go on a bit. I, I mean, don't get me wrong; it was like once upon a time in Hollywood. Like I enjoyed every bit of it, but I was still aware of the timing. I was like, right, it's getting so yeah. long here. Like I felt that. Also, another thing is, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out this year, literally last month, or this Saturday this month, in September, and um, the comparison between this and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is mental. Uh, like, there's a lot of fucking parallels mm-hmm. between them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, the setting in general. Uh, the even the fact. Hemsworth character, I, I suspect... Uh, especially. I was Manson. Like, for a good... I was expecting that to be the reveal. I thought I was confused when they mentioned these. Well, they said his character's name was Billy, and I was like, "Why didn't they just go full on and just go fuck uh, it? His name's Charles Manson because it's, it, that's it's what like he ten is. years that's before exactly Manson, it. I think, is the plot. I think the dates didn't line up. Who's got an ice cream van? Because it's usually me. Mr. That's Park absolutely shocking by you. Ice cream van uh, showing up this week. <laughs> uh, coming around the corner. Uh, coming up, man. Shout well, out! I love, love a local ice cream van in this show, man. Love it. Oh fuck! Oh well, mate, the Spaceton one is quite lethal. You need to go up with a gun and demand <laughs> like it's quite bad. <laughs> aye, um, no, but I I completely agree with it. it's too long in length. But I disagree. In Once upon a time, Hollywood being too long for me, that was part of the journey of that movie. But I I get what I get why it was the length it was. It, but that's a <laughs> yeah. another podcast. But I'm just saying, how I'm long just saying was it? Similarities, <laughs> just keep <laughs> similarities that I had between them. Like they were both roughly the same length. They were quite long, and they're both in the same. Scene. I couldn't help mm. but like compare the two. But not not in like one's better than the other. It was more or less just because it seemed as though both directors had the same. Well, not the same idea, but the same fucking idea of what Charles Manson yeah. was maybe like uh, at the time. Aye, definitely. They're both lengthy films. We can we can probably. <laughs> well, they're both very long. Aye. They're both at least over two hours. What what is also long is the fucking mad corridors where Hunter's a like police windies, like mad investigation windies. Oh yep. And I think which I mean I want somebody to find <laughs> that. Motor. I was absolutely confused. As one fuck. Big... What the fuck was that? So like, did he go underground to come back up? What? I don't no. understand this. He just went through it... like a back door. <laughs> he does no, go down stairs. Down stairs at one point. point. Aye, there's there's stairs like he, there's obviously stairs up, uh, going up into the. 
Right, so the, they've built stairs to go down no. to go back up. You're at it, Jack. You're fucking at it. On the outside, there's like these steps that lead up into like the lobby of the hotel. So that's obviously elevated above the rest of the rooms. So there's obviously. Oh, right, you've got me there's there. There's to be steps to go down. Right. Now we've worked out the blueprint <laughs> for the hotel. <laughs> All right, I'm run time with the blueprint. Well, I've watched it twice, so I was, wasn't fucking wasting my time, was it? Ah, Drawing yeah, it the blueprint. Yeah. Right, so the concept in this hotel, you said, look, actually. Lovely use of the words. Um, you said the hotel was like a character in itself. Uh, it's like New York. Like, <laughs> it was, uh, it was like some, some obviously organisation like that's into fucking watching people and and try to make money off it. I imagine or, or try to blackmail people and stuff. Like I was constantly again, as I said, I was guessing constantly as to like there's more behind this but at the end of the day it just sounds like a big pervert hotel big and it's pervert hotel wonder what, what, what folk are like similar to a premier inn <laughs> just want to know what folk are up to <laughs> uh, but like it's it's so it, I just like the characters in it were really well written Aye. especially and especially especially the guy the I don't know what you call him I don't want to call him the Esteban of the hotel he's the like actual, Esteban Mr. The Esteban and the janitor are all from Miles, I think Miles. It, Miles, uh, and I think he was he was written perfectly, and even in around the time, like obviously you find out quite in, earlier on in the film that he's um, that he's a heroin addict, but you realise why he's a heroin addict, and he's like doing all these really shitty things just to keep a job, and he's quite young, and he he feels guilty for it all, and I feel like I've, uh, all the characters I sympathise him with the most because. <laughs> He was like fucking. He's the only you... guy in there. Aye, and also, he's, like the fact that he's got like PTSD and stuff uh, is a good is a good thing. But I was pure wondering like where this actor came from, and I realised nepotism is alive and well in Hollywood. Uh, his dad's the president in Independence Day. The actor. This right. guy's Lewis Pullman. So what's yeah. he done? Oh, this oh, guy. Oh, right, th- this guy. Done I was looking at his Wikipedia there. I was like, why is he like literally got like two roles in the Stranger sequel and Bad Times at the El Royale? Why are they? So- oh, it's because his dad's an actor. Oh, that's but that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be, to, to be fair, I'm right. I think I think even at that, like if he's got in through blood, he's still done an absolute brilliant job in this film. I thought he was very convincing in the fact that he genuinely uh, was. Like he wanted to be absolved of his sins, and because he's genuinely, as soon as he's in the priest, he was like, you... <laughs> like Did you think he knew him? Do I thought he knew him. I was like, Do I, I know you, son? It was going to turn out like was working <laughs> with that organization, you know what I mean? And that's how he knew him before. So when mm. he's saying, Oh, you should be here, father, I it's thought, like, oh, like, what the fuck are you actually doing here? <laughs> the way I took it was maybe Miles went to chapel or like had confession, and he feels like he's already yeah. met him that way. And that's maybe it. But I think... Oh, whose phone's gone? Somebody answer that. that nah, phone's the house, the house phone can go. I think that's the piece that's been put his phone into. It's God. About the money, by the way. <laughs> so, uh... Speak, speaking of the twist about that he's not actually a priest, did you actually see it coming? No, he is a priest. No, he's not. Ah, he is. <laughs> did you watch that <laughs> film? A <laughs> no, a priest. <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of thought that see at the end there, like did they know I allude to the fact that? Like... No, he was no, pretending. no, no, sh- no, no, no. <laughs> he was pretending because the guy was clearly dying on like. I, on we, the we don't know what he done. Like... Do, 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 do we know what he done? Ah, he was a bad 
Aye. Not when he came out. Aye, when he came out of prison. Like, see, after aye, he came out of prison. He came out like two days. Aye, he went straight in. Oh, was he it? Went right? okay. He went straight to Elroy. He went to the He went to the He went to priest training. He went to priest training. Got his shinies. He went to priest training. Ladies fiver. Priest training. It's a middle class sport now. See, the one thing I will say, though, is see the. Like, I never got a bad idea. Uh, a bad feeling about Jeff Bridges. I never do. I love Jeff Bridges, even when he's Obadiah Stone in Iron Man. I always have a good feeling about him. Um, but see when he's see when he was um, what do you call it? What do you call that? Drugging the fucking drink when he was talking that like the, yeah. the singer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh fuck! Ah, I thought was he was like, like dirty and then she laughed at me, and I thought, what are you doing? What is happening here? I thought she was like she that was a brilliant him. scene. I thought like, I was just, you, there was I a lot of the time I, you just I jumped. I didn't know what was happening. That's how I really liked about the film. Like you just never really knew what was around the corner. You know, she and was traffic was, as well. Actually, she was she was really brilliant. Good. She's a she's a Broadway actress. Actually, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my horn up here. I thought she was a pain in the ass. No, she's good. Um, <laughs> I'll sing in us. Her singing just get so annoying. She kept singing, and it was Dema Hayden. I was loving it, mate. And I thought I thought she had a lovely voice. Uh, no, she did, but I mean, she took it too far. She's it wasn't it. hard choice I, to sing, but like, is that written in the script? I know, mate. <laughs> in the script, look. Uh, true. But the screen, Cynthia Erivo's fault, if that's how you say her name. Right. Apparently, though, the girl, the, the last the character that Lassie plays, actually uh, is real. Dal- oh, like she's based on, like, like the. I darling, but like the, it's like the Charles Manson character. It's like she's based off someone else who had the same experience. Wow. Or something like that, I, which is fascinating because I can't imagine this happening in a fucking hotel, motel hall, <laughs> yeah, in real life. Anywhere. Uh, that's, I don't um, even know if there's that's a, the whole, beauty a motel of like this. I think that's what the beauty of the, the actual whole thing is. Like the, it's it's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know we keep using the comparison, but it's like it in the sense Aye. that what if this happened? These four strangers, these like four unlikely characters just met mm-hmm. and what would happen? And... But, they all have serious, serious motives. Well, most of them have serious motives that are obviously going to put uh, like events mm-hmm. into play, like put things in motion. Do and you know what? Fucking I, mental, but like know, what no, know what it puts you. See when you put it that way. You know what? It, like, there's a lot of films like that. But it, like when you say four absolute strangers put in the one room, well, not in the one room, this one area. It's like and there's a lot of it, like Breakfast Club again, the mm-hmm. same kind of thing. It's just like like different characters, like. All polar opposites in the same room, but I wouldn't say any of these characters are polar opposites. No, it's not even all. opposites. And it's just like it's what? just the, the just their, mo- their motives are all just so scattered. Like there's there's not none of them have anything you could really pinpoint on them, and everyone's kind of hiding something. Aye. Do you know what I mean? See, Each person's hiding something of their own personality. See when Whereas, they're talking about actors though, like in hiding something, John yeah. Hamm is amazing at that oh, oh, John right I saw was about to say we've not even discussed him yet so see when he's like he's obviously putting up this kind of salesman pure dick um, yeah like front and you think he's just like a, a, a mild racist Aye. and just a guy of his time and then you find out he's just a he's a, I think he's a CIA yeah. agent or Aye, guy and then I'm like oh and that's so class and I thought and then see when he gets shot I was like surely, surely he's going to get back up but <laughs> I was right. That was like, I thought me as well because I was like, at first I was like, I hope John Hamm is not going to be like this for the film movie because this is going to get grating on me eventually. That pure salesman character. I was like, oh no, but it was, nah, I think it's brilliant. It. And, uh, I think it's brilliant that it's even like 
a character within a character. I think it was class. It's so great. I know. It, it shows it, like John Hamm and his cell. Like it just shows how fucking. Nah, he's good a fucking chameleon. He mate. can play. He's chameleon. so good. Yeah, he's so fucking. Man. Here, let's do a podcast dedicated to John, John Hamm. Hamm. I said, love it. Oh, I said to Kerry, she was like, "Oh, what are you going to watch?" And I was telling her about the film, and then she went, "Who's in it?" And I was, she doesn't know much about film, and I said, "Oh, John Hamm," and she went to see the related of Sandwich of. And I'm like, sandwich of ham. <laughs> That's horrific. No, it was sandwich with ham. And then I was like, that's, that's, Do you know, that's so bad. But it was anyway, in our movie last year as well that I really liked called Tag. And it... Oh, is that the one with uh, fucking Ryan Reynolds? And I broke both of his arms filming that movie. Um, and it's it's really, what? it's a, just a light comedy about these guys who have been playing the same game of Tag for like 30 years. But it's, it, he, it's just so funny. Like he just he just has a presence. You know, an actor. Like I'm getting excited now about John Hamm, but you know they have a like they have a they have a presence about them. You know what I mean? So when they come on, it's it's like you're immediately he's looking like, at him. Um, you know what I mean? He's like, would you cry him, Harvey? If he, he suits. Yeah. He's gonna get that that whole presence. But then again, I've never seen Mad Men, but apparently, fucking aye, Mister Hamm himself is. Pretty Do you know he'll be like he'll be like Powers Booth? It thinks be a Powers Booth. The presence powers booth that a Donald Sutherland has, like those classic actors who just like eat up the screen. Mm. You know what I mean? And you love <laughs> just to watch. Them. He's, a, he's a classic. He's a classic guy. But um, Jack's put the head, nail in the head. Like the guy is playing a character within a character, and he's nailed both characters. Like he's nailed a pure dick salesman just wanting yeah. a room to get on with, and then he's also nailed like he's secretly undercover trying to figure out what the hell's going on with this El Royale, but. And it shows like it, there's a lot more to it. Like, it opens up because he's been told of his well boss that he is under no circumstances to intervene in yeah. the kidnapping. And what does he do? He goes in to try to save the girl. It shows that he's actually got a bit of humility about him, and he's wanting to save as well as do the job on his own because he can't just stay in the hotel room next to him without this girl getting well. He thinks getting tortured, but it turns yeah. out she's fucking mental and all. Um, but. It brings us on to the fucking ghetto and the whole... I know, but again, again, I know I keep just saying how fucking brilliant it is, but it's just like, he just never at any point knew what was going to happen. Like, I felt... You see, with the, the whole fact that, that it was hidden see that... that there was some uh, stuff between the two girls and that, but you would never... You would fucking never know. Like, anyone who was in that situation who found themselves on the other end of that mirror watching that, mm-hmm. would be like, I want to intervene. And, the, uh, like, regardless of where you're... Pl- like, even the boy who was yeah. shaking himself fucking ten minutes ago, is is wanting to is wanting to intervene in yeah. that and is, is, al- is almost going to do something. But like, it, the priest again the, is the only one the, with a kind of level head. But he himself probably deep down knows that, you know, the, he's like he's the only one. Strangely enough, because he's a priest, his front is I need to help people. But in this case, he's probably like, nah, this is the last thing we need to do because do you know who money. played? Do you know who played the priest's brother who gets shot at the start? Nick Offerman. Who? Aye, the wee guy, aye. Oh, um, Ron, Ron, aye, Ron aye. from Parks and Rec. Right, which is, which is wild because I, I wrote this in my notes. So see the first scene, as you see Ron, aye. Ron uh, basically opening up the plant, like going in the room Romans, and doing that. And I, Romans, I put Romans. one of my notes there is just uh, talking about how like how wide the room is. Like, it's such a wide shot. And I thought I was like, that's fucking wild, like how big they've made this shot. But then as this film goes on, you realise it's such a wide shot because the perspective of someone yeah. looking in. I is and it, it's just it's a very it's clever that way, but it's also it's so wild. But I just want to know who shot the guy. I want to know who shot Ron. 
because obviously he shot him to get the money, but like he's not even bothered to look about the room. It's just Aye, because it can't have been someone at the hotel because they would have seen it. Well, I, I was expecting it was the third guy that they spoke to in the bank uh... robbery, but he would be clearly he would be clearly clever enough. Well, you would think to flip up a few floorboards, but then again, there was a carpet. Oh, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. A plot of holes, but this film, I think, should have got more recognition than it. But the one thing I wanted to mention as well is, <coughs> um, I googled curiosity that killed um, the cat. Curiosity killed the cat. Uh, I googled like because they're talking about. So <coughs> at the end of the film, and it's Chris Hemsworth's character and all that, and he's like they're talking about the money and shit like that, and they find the tape, the well, uh, the recording or the tape of yeah, no, the film. Sorry, they find the film of whatever it is, and Jeff Bridges' character sees it in the light, and he doesn't mention it because he knows how much it's worth, Aye. I think, and he realises that it's... And then so they talk about a certain politician, uh-huh. and it's doing quite... It's quite bad things. It's and got I to be the like, president, oh, surely. Like, Kennedy. No, but the... Uh, the, Kennedy, uh, the but the thing is, I thought it was Nixon. Nah. Because, I thought it was Nixon simply because Nixon was on the TV at the start, and I'm thinking... Surely that's how this is what Nixon got up to. But when I googled it, it's it's more or less a general consensus that it is Kennedy. Is it Marilyn Monroe? He's having sex with in the tape. No, no, that that's not mentioned. It just says that it's Kennedy. See, because I'm obsessed with that conspiracy that um, Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe had an affair. I think it's I think it's fascinating, and that that's the reason uh, people are saying that she got killed by the CIA because she was having an affair with the president. Mm. And I would love uh, in my head the team would was be Kennedy <laughs> and Marilyn right away because like I'm obsessed with that story and that conspiracy to begin with, you know what I mean? But I just think that'd be like oh, that'd be so interesting, you know what I mean? But I think we should talk about Hemsworth's character, Jack. Go for here. <laughs> so Hemsworth's character, <laughs> uh, I do what he's do best. Can I? Uh, <laughs> right, so he's, I suppose he is Charles Manson again, like from from once upon a time Hollywood. Here he is again. Um, no, oh, like Charles Manson for I am. <laughs> yeah. He, he's really cute. What does that stand for? A new life. A new, <laughs> life, <laughs> a new life. Yes, right, thanks. Um, I don't think... Uh, who are you talking about? Hemsworth or actual Manson Hemsworth. here? No, I don't think we can give Hemsworth any credit. I don't think he's He's not in the film. I think... Um, this band is that a Perdusi? That's a Perdusi jingle. That's them leaving, oh, I believe. Or they're coming further into the street. But do you want me to get anything? <laughs> uh, we do a live ice cream bag in the live. Yeah. Ask him about Hemsworth. Um, I, I, it's much, I've got absolute Marvel fatigue, right? So when I see Hemsworth, I'm thinking, or, or I'm not thinking Thor, but like he is a good actor. But his American accent, it's shocking. It is absolutely shocking. And like I've as Thor, he's fine because he's doing that. I've heard that I, I know, but I think it's still shocking. Don't and get me started on accents, mate. I need I, to do a Peaky Blinders accent. Uh, Peaky Blinders episode. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate. What? Uh, he's doing the Peaky Blinders review uh, for TV straight after. Oh, so tune in for that. Uh, but I agree. Who's segue? Because accents usually annoy me if they're bad. Like, I can't gang work. I love that movie. No, no. I, I, I can't stress this enough. Honest, honesty, Puck. Like Hemsworth's accents, like you can. It, I know it's always forced if you're, it's not your natural accent, but you can tell he's he's not struggling, but he's clearly trying to be Manson. But I think that scene, what I was talking about earlier on, see that scene about the roulette? Yeah. I think that scene dragged on like fuck. I can't. I think it just went on a bit too uh, far. You think like, so? It, 
that's the that's probably the scene I would have cut as well, to be honest with you. But really, that's I, I think I think it was good the scene itself, but I think it just went on a bit too long. Like it was a lot of padding. Uh, they're trying, they're trying to fit in a lot more. But I think um, it, it was Hemsworth trying to like he was flexing his muscles, basically like I'm going to roll this ball and you're going to get fucking shot. Um, but he was just pushing it. I think they could have shot. I think, it but I like that but scene I, in I, itself, I though. I like that scene. I would have cut the stuff, like the the stuff they showed from the actual like cult camp. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really see you get a fight with someone. No, I think I think I would have kept that in simply because it shows it, this is basically like they would it show did, the audience. It, it this is, this is basically whole, Manson. It did clear up the whole uh, reason why Rosie and. Her sister was there as well. Ah, yeah, that's it. Like she was She's obviously like a, brainwashed aye, her by. Like, but it didn't make me scared of him. If I didn't know exactly what he was into, it might have made him more of a compelling character. Because I, 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 I openly disagree with you here. Look, I actually thought Chris Hemsworth was really class in this. I, I loved his body language. I loved Mental. that he thinned down for the role. You know what I mean? It showed his commitment to. I know. I, th- I, I agree with you that way. See his, his whole body language, like it. it but I can obviously try to be Manson the full time, but I just I didn't I didn't believe it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I felt like it was it was just a job. It was a, it was a false kind of job. Yes. Um, but also I didn't believe like I didn't believe he wanted the money out of it. I didn't believe anything that what he was saying he wanted out of it was actually what he wanted. But I don't. I think that's um, the point. When he no. died, like, I I thought I thought no, the but, same thing. But for me, that uh, that was a positive for me. You know what I mean? It was in the same way that I didn't believe the Joker uh, when he was uh, telling me his stories. In the dark night, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I see you that way. I, I, that makes more sense. But like, see the whole like, see when he died, like it, he's in the fucking cover poster of the film, um, <laughs> and I feel like he only got he only got a total of like fifteen minute, twenty minute screen time, and then he got fucking shot <laughs> dead. Oh, was he shot? They did that with uh, when Scream was coming out. They had Drew Barrymore and all the posters <laughs> dead in first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no one, but by the way, she's absolutely shocking enough. But can we talk about something? For me, the standout surprise of this movie was Dakota Johnson. I I thought she was great. Oh, she I, was good, though. She was. I, she, I, she was. She was compelling. She was sexier in this movie than she was for three Fifty Shades of Grey right. movies. All right, she actually right. looked like a competent actress. Which I know shouldn't be like a compliment. You know, anything else I've seen her in before, I've been so bored with her and thought, you're just dragging this down. But seeing this, she was like actually exciting. I was all for her. I thought she was great. I Dakota know. Johnson. I thought, I, I mean, I, 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 like, I don't know. I was, I, I, I was well the building. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you say. Pretty strong. <laughs> Pretty basic. <laughs> I don't know what to say. No one feels as strong. Like, I don't, I don't I know what to say. Yeah, she was, she was, and she was she was absolutely there, and God bless her. Good, good for her. Like you know what, keep going. But uh, no, I, I mean, she, you could have put MD in that row, and I'd still be like, right. I, I don't think she done. I don't think she put a put, table. Put, put her last in any pair of the jeans and truffles will just have a fucking meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any guy. Uh, oh, right, there we go. Cowboy boots and a fucking pair of the oh. jeans and. Oh, talk to me. Right, okay, we'll move on. She did. She was actually dressed a bit like Trish Stratus. I'm not gonna lie. Mate, maybe that's it. 
little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. I know, I've not spoken to anybody about this. I, I'm howling at that part, and I've got nobody who's even seen it. Where it's from? A little bit of the bubbly. WWE, his competitor, AEW, that's just started up, had like the second big pay per view, and it was for the AEW title, the first person to hold it, and Chris Jericho won it. And uh, so he's going backstage, just like in a YouTube clip after it, you're mocking everyone. He's like, Hi, do you like that? Young Bucks, huh? Like that our champion now, huh? And he's like going back, oh, what do we have here? Oh, we've got some crisps. Oh, that's fantastic. Aha! A little bit of the bubbly. Uh, no, he never, he never said crisps. He said chips. He said chips. Ah, he said You've just lied to us. A little bit of the bubbly. It's hilarious, man. So funny. I was the same as you, Jack. I don't know. Like, it's been all over Twitter and I do what I said. But then Kyle said to me, he was like, a little bit of the bubbly. And I was like, oh my God. I love it, man. Kyle's like, these fucking... He's gifts in that. Infiltrated pop culture. Infiltrated pop culture is what it's done. Chris Jericho, what a guy. And then he had his title belt stolen. Um, <laughs> in real life, the next like hours after that, apparently he got a taxi to like a local steakhouse, and he left the wrestling belt in the taxi, and someone stole it, and they're feel like searching for days for this belt, and I'm like, the taxi driver obviously has the belt, but apparently he didn't. So I said, I said the way the way he stole it. The taxi driver comes out and he's holding the fucking mystery here. It was, it was hilarious. Um, Anyway, back to the point <laughs> of handjacks. What are we talking about next with this movie? <laughs> I can't even remember what we're talking about there. What did we just finish? <laughs> Basically, made our way through the cast. Uh, <laughs> right, so, we, haven't really, we haven't really even spoke about Cynthia. I thought. I, thought well, Cynthia even, I don't think we've touched the story at all. got her dues, if I'm honest. Uh, I, I oh, thought it's she just was, because she she's done. on Broadway. Oh, as soon as Jack sees someone's been nominated for a Tony or even sniffed a fucking theatre, he <laughs> fucking loves them. Well, she, she actually won a Tony for The Colour Purple in 2016, so uh, I, I, well, well done. Oh. <laughs> Jack flexing once again that he knows about I the Tony. I love Tony, man. I know fuck all about Tonys, I just oh, fucking yeah. research stuff. <laughs> This is like it's like Jack with Tony's and Jack being Captain Planet. He just he says he doesn't like really theater, like man. Big, big huge musical. Jack's got his own. Jack's got his own theater microscopes that he just goes to, and he's like, "Oh, there we go, looking at the front row." You know what I mean? A little bit right, of the bubbly. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> no, she was good, Jack. I thought I, I, I appreciate it when someone can sing. Yeah, and ah, I think ta- the the talent. Just goes a long way when some when someone comes from a different background and come, like steps into it. You know, Harry Styles, mate, you you done it, piss poor, mate. Cynthia, oh, evil Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're saying that you would have preferred Cynthia to play Elvis uh, than Harry Styles. <laughs> no. Uh... Here, by the way, can we talk about the story? And that's why I thought the story took a fucking class turn. Have we um, not spoken about this? So when, we've covered it. No, no, we've not. No, talking about it in detail. They've talked about nah, the fact okay, that the priest okay. was the priest, and then took out a, a right turn. Took a right turn into Charles Manson. But and he was a bank robber. But now he's got he's got slow burning Alzheimer's, and he's absolutely well, aye, feared that so he's going to forget what he is. Let's, let's give it. Let's break it down to the, the ground box. Break it down. Jack. I'll host this for you. Go on then. Go on then. <laughs> Go on then. You need to hold the fucking the stick when you want to speak. Oh, don't trust you. Just say you farted. I felt really bad for him. 
Um, I, I, like genuinely because oh no, I felt really bad for him. Like uh, who the, the priest? Either, like because I, he, priest, I, I, the priest, the priest. <laughs> I felt bad for him in the the terms of like it. It wasn't it wasn't out for malicious means. Like when he was struggling the last, he didn't mean it like that. He just wanted in a room just to get into the floor bolts and steal money. Like yeah, that's a nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> he just didn't want to be um, trouble. You know. And he's clearly, he's clearly shot a lot of people in his life if he done a bank robbery and all that. But beside that point, I felt quite bad for him because see when the gun was pointing his head and then they're like, "What's your name? What's your real name?" And he was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "Oh, oh what, what a moment! <laughs> what a picture!" What a picture. What a moment. <laughs> I fucking love that. That's acting right there. That's what I want to see. That's acting. I loved it. That's, I was feel acting. I was feeling like, this is drama. This is the that's, drama that, right uh, here, man. I keep going back to it, but that's, that's what I liked throughout the whole film. Like, every single person's wee journey uh, had such, like... Such peaks and troughs, like you didn't really know where they were, how you felt about them. Uh, like for the priest, obviously, you were like, Oh, he's this nice guy. Um, he's obviously this priest, so you you've, think he's got really, really nice intentions, and then it doesn't. But then the more you find out about that, and then you see him, uh, sorry, before you even yeah. find out about that, when he's trying to drug the lassie, you're like, Oh, no, now he's a fucking pervert. Now he's a pervert <laughs> bastard. He's meant to be a nice, fucking wholesome priest to be a pervert bastard. And then he gets he gets bottled, <laughs> and then you learn that he's no pervert bastard. He's actually dead nice, and like, he's always been nice. But he's losing his mind, and he's fucking <sighs> just wants money. And oh, it is. I think I, I was totally zoned in when Jeff Bridges are on screen because I just I think he played heavy like so well. Andy's character in general, like it was just, it was just wanting the money that he stole fifty exactly. years ago. Yeah, but it, it makes so, sense. But he kept getting like makes sense. That's... But, like, it's like when he was standing outside the hotel at the very beginning, he was so confused as to where he was, and then he forgets his own name, and then it, it, it's, it's like tiny things. But then I, I, there's a bit of me that goes, right, so what, what was he actually going to do with that film? Like, was he actually just going to patch him and just sell that off? But probably, probably. The, the, blood, the bloody would be a sequel. I, 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 I actually, abs- no, there would be a sequel, but, like, I love films like this, though, you, you can just, like, this for me <laughs> is, like, what a Blade Runner was back in the day. It's no, it's no, a, like, um, runaway success at the time, you know what I mean? But people discover this on Netflix and stuff like that in the future, and I think this will be one that will become, like, a wee cult classic. You know what I mean? If I'm to point for something from today to become a cult classic, it will be something like this. Because even though people haven't seen it in the cinema, this is the perfect movie to like put on just one random night and just discover it without knowing anything. It's like you said, look, going into this, knowing nothing, just no expectations. It'd be great uh, for that. But this is this is the problem you get because we like. Cult followings and all that, like your Pulp Fiction, your Fight Club, that they didn't do well in the box office. They come out, folks see it, and then go, "Oh my god, you didn't see this!" And then it turns into this thing where you don't know the ending of so and so, and then it, it becomes that kind of film where, like, if you don't see it at the time of it, the release again, then like you just know that you know the ending, you know the twist before you see it. You kind of want to catch it in that sweet spot. Where we've watched it, I <laughs> essentially, but it's a it's a sin. I feel like. It, like the way it was filmed and the, the way it was structured and all that, it's an absolute sin. The way that it didn't get it, it didn't get the money it deserved. I don't Mate, think. I've been um, watching, and especially with the I've actors. I've been reading his Wikipedia when we've been doing this show, and I've realised Drew Goddard, the director, of this is like class. <laughs> like he's only directed two things: this and Cabin in the Woods. And I love Cabin in the Woods. I think Cabin. And both of Hemsworth, both of his big pal Chris Hemsworth, man. Like he wrote Cloverfield, The Martian. He's class. Oh, he's really good, man. 
Like, that's like, why is he... give him this is the type of director I hate when people say, Oh, give this or this director a superhero film. But this is genuinely someone I would have loved to see take a crack <laughs> at a Marvel movie. Absolutely not. No, I like I like my directors in Marvel films being B class. I like I like them knowing where what? the place is because you get Ed. You've got Edgar Wright's coming in thinking of A-class. Taika Waititi no, no, no. is you an A-class director and he managed to slide in. Uh, no, before, no before Ragnarok, he was, wasn't he? I no, was. was. What we do in the Shadows, one of his songs. Uh, one of his songs. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder people. You know what I mean? He's a name brand and the same <laughs> thing goes for, I'm trying to think who else. Fucking Kenneth Branagh came in with the first four. Kenneth Branagh. The only... The only classy director that I actually got away with is John Favreau because uh, the the direction of Chef was absolutely immaculate. Oh, immaculate, great yeah, that one. Immaculate movie. Um, but uh, if we end this segment with ratings, I'm going to flip. By the way, if we uh, if you even dare, Higgins, this is the attitude era of FTF, and if you even dare turn around, nine point two out of ten. Nine point two out of ten. I'm out. I'm I'm done. Done. Part two is over. Part two is done. Part two's done. I've not even I've not even actually said anything yet. When I speak, <laughs> you will listen. <laughs> yes, sir. What we're doing. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back and Sorry. start the story from the start, alright? <laughs> <laughs> right, so we didn't really cover enough of the story. So uh, no, we'll we'll skip the we'll skip the ratings. Uh, because I, oh. I could not I could not give a fuck. <laughs> but how's Luke gonna go back? Yes! I really take enjoyed all the, movie. the ratings. Luke needs to collate yeah, these ratings. Really enjoyed the movie. It's a I, I did not have an issue shit. with length. Unlike others, uh, I thought it was an alright. It was an okay length. It was a fair, a fair size. Oh, I love talking about length. That's fun. And I just think, yeah, it was a really talented cast. I think the the writing's amazing. Uh, Amazing, a really nice concept and a good, a thoroughly enjoyable watch. Look, what did you think? I think uh, the length was a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think the length it, it could have been something a wee bit more. I think the cast was class. I think the story is what outshines it as well. Um, the fact that it shows the budget, like it, it's all in one place, I like that. It looks like Reservoir Dogs and like um. Hateful Eight and stuff. I'm not saying Hateful Eight, but I know it's like it's just in one place and it's central. I just, I like that kind of film. It just shows that they can do so much more even without moving. Um, and I think uh, the story in general, I think, well, this stuff says, I think in years to come it'll come out on Netflix and folk will just be like, oh my god, this is absolutely class. Why didn't we see this? Um, but I kind of get away with how good Jeff Bridges is in this. So, yeah, it's tough. How did you feel? I'd love to see this as a play. I'd I'd love to go. Right, you win that I vote by. I see this on stage. I think this would be a great stage production because it's a, it's I an get what actors you mean. movie. But it's just an actors movie, and that's what I like about it. I is love it... a movie when I can watch it and I can say that actor is acting the shit out of this, and that's what I've seen with wow. bad times at the Hell Royale was actors acting, and I loved it. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Well, on that bombshell. <laughs> Catches for part two. Hi guys, Truff here. Don't forget I've got a film 
guess, an actual film which I've written and directed coming out in 2020 called Andy Mitchell Wants to Be a Wrestler. Uh, the film stars two of the first-time films, Panel and Nicky and Jack, who will both make appearances in it. The trailer for that movie uh, drops um, this week. Um, so make sure you head over to the Andy Mitchell Wants to Be a Wrestler Facebook page and go and check that out. Give it some love. Thanks very much, guys. The Attitude Era is officially over. And Truffles, you can take take charge for here. Pish, shite. Nicky's not here to actually help us out here. This is pish. I've fought hard to get tough away for the hosting duties, but it's fucking... It's, uh, we're in debt. We're fucked. We're, we're, we're liquidating and I can't handle it anymore. Do you know how, how bad this makes me feel? Like, I've, I've always tried to be nice. You know what I mean? I've always tried to be good to people. Um, right, okay. So, basically, we had a show months back in a concept that we were doing regularly for a while called Pitch Battle. And I think it's safe to say everyone loved doing it. Don't we? We enjoy the yes. pitch battle. Oh, it's good fun. very fun. So we had a pitch battle event where for some godforsaken reason, uh, Rachel was crowned champion at that <laughs> event. Through people I think you'll find that came second. I think you'll find people, that came second. People having to leave to get the train. Uh, people keep kicking up fusses. People uh, backing out. It was just, it was an, a total mess, right? But I've been trying to get her back on this show for months now, right? To try and defend that title, all right? To make it legitimate. Unfortunately, she is not interested in pitch battling anymore. All right, she's <laughs> not interested in it. Fucking so, boo! She will always be our first champion. However, just like Finn Balor with the Universal Belt, he had to re. We're going to have to vacate the title, and we're going to put it on the line with two of our regulars, two of our best pitch battlers, going head to head. It's Nightcrawler himself, Jack Higgins, <laughs> against <laughs> Captain Borderlands, Luke McLaughlin, going head to head. We're going to do it. Are you, we're going to do it best two out of three in the way I'm hyped as fuck I'm hyped as fuck by the way like, that's absolutely done me in <laughs> I had intro music for the period <laughs> by the way so we've lost these the way we're going to do these one on one battles is best out, out of three we have three types of pitch questions that you can get asked and we're going to do one of each the franchise question based on an existing property or it's a sequel or it's a character from our franchise in it we have the director actor question which is pitch a movie with directed by this director and this actor featuring in it. And then it's just the general concept question after that to finish us off if we need a decider after it. All right. So you these are all going by blind fights, guys, all right? So this is just creativity off the top of your heads. Are you ready oh, to go? I'm uh, fucking raiding. Let's can fucking you go. guarantee to me that you're not under any uh, substances that might <laughs> help you out here? Like I'm not saying anything. Like... We can't. We can't guarantee that, but we'll, we'll just say aye. Not guaranteeing anything. We'll be making no guarantees. Our first, our first question. Is I feel the like franchise I'm question. No, we can hear you. No, we can. No, we absolutely can. Unless, unless you've had, like, unless you've had a rant, <laughs> like, unless you've said more than we've heard. No, it, <laughs> like, keeps, we... it keeps like I don't know. I just kind of hear it, and after I, I speak, like everyone else goes away. What we're going to do here, right? Franchise question yeah. first, okay? Right. Oh, sorry for that. Here, looks back and out. Looks like, oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but he's out. I hold away to get my dinner. I'll be back up to it. Let's edit this out. <laughs> Pods. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tease it. <laughs>
had to take my earphones out there, sorry. Aye, this is exciting. I want to do, want to do this every show. I want to do it every show if we can. You know what I mean? Uh, Obviously not have the bit, the title on the line every show, you know what I mean? But just uh, like a pitch battle every show would be fun. You know what I mean? We haven't done it for a while. It's, it was a fun part of part two. And when it goes missing and it's just the news, it's a bit dry. You know what I mean? Uh, so uh, what you can do if you're at, if you've got, have you got your laptop there? Uh, I, well, I can get it. I Pull up and see if there's like been any movie news or anything come out today <laughs> that we haven't talked about. Sorry, sorry about me. I, I, I have got my dinner. Sorry, I'm going to just I'm going to say unpause and I'm going to say Luke has now got his dinner and we are ready to go. <laughs> okay. Um, Jack's getting his laptop now to research news for the rest of part two because I like because we did the shows so close together. I actually don't know any anything for a fact we can talk about um, after this. So that's why I'm quite happy. This is quite a bit of a long segment. <laughs> The only thing we've not talked about is um, Taika Waititi's new trailer. Oh, we haven't talked about Jojo Rabbit. Oh, Jack. <coughs> Jack, did you hear that? Hello. We haven't talked about Jojo Rabbit yet. Oh. Have you seen the trailer for that, aye? Mm, I think so, yeah. It was the, the, the nasty ha- one. Aye, the aye. It's hilarious. I love it. I'm like, I'm like what a concept. What, what a concept. That's what amazing. a concept. Enough. Stop saying that shit. What, what a picture. What a picture. I uh, mean, the wife, we just sat down to watch a, a Rick Dalton double feature. Uh, the, ten, the Ten Fingers of Des Moines or whatever it's called. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> right. Unpause. So Luke now has his dinner and we are ready yep. to go with our best of three pitch battle to crown the second ever pitch battle champion. Are we ready? Let's go. So one of my favourite Disney films, the Goofy movie. Underrated classic. I'm going to ask you to pitch me a film for the franchise question based on one of the original Disney mascot characters. So just to clarify who that can be, that's Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, Daisy, and you can also use Chippendale, Pete, Scrooge McDuck, or any characters like that. All right, (laughs) so take your pick with that. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. Uh, while they're running that down, um, hi. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you think. Big Disney fans growing up, guys. I'm absolutely solid. I'm absolutely huge. I'm, I'm so confident. I'm still eating my dinner. <laughs> You've got an idea right away. My stream van just came round as well. I'm actually gonna go out and get an ice cream and jacket. Sit and think because he's a fucking love, love the trash. <laughs> Love the trash talk. Bear in mind, you can bring in, if you want, uh, people who would voice the characters, directors and all that. These are things that you can bring in if you like. You know what I mean? Nicky doesn't ask these questions. He he just he just likes the nice, simple answers that I criticised him for last week. <laughs> he, he is the regular judge on these segments. He likes, aye, it's a movie about a guy and he's running. I was like, oh, smashing. Yeah. Aye, class. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you win. Yeah, you win, I, mate. You I, win. I think he's got this most straightforward idea. I can see this happening. <laughs> You're going to have to give me more. I'm going to make you fight each other today for this belt. This isn't getting given out easily. Do we both have an idea? Yep. Roughly, aye. Right. I'll come to, for the first round, I'll go to Luke first. All right. Luke, give me your pitch. My pitch is right. It's about Pete. So for those of you who don't know, he's basically the polar opposite of Mickey. Huge, fat, not well liked within the Disney cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, so Pete, he's got sick of constantly year after year getting 
totally outshined by Mickey. Right. He's thinking, I can't be asked for this anymore. So he goes at his way and he tries to do good deeds. But Mickey seems to still go through. So Mickey still seems to get the praise. So Pete decides, fuck it. I'm going to Looney Tunes. So Pete goes out his way, who's voiced by John Goodman, goes to Looney Tunes, causes absolute anarchy. <laughs> he becomes the hero of Looney Tunes. And the <laughs> they can't believe it. Mickey has then... <laughs> Mickey is absolutely raging by this. Mickey then turns aside. So... Mickey is, everyone's going, Mickey, what are you going to do? Are you going to save him? And he goes, I can't save him. He's in Looney Tunes. Because Mickey has no power yeah. in Warner Brothers, no, doesn't, as no. we all know. Yeah. So he, he, Mickey goes, you know what? I'm going to go in. Mickey goes in and Pete's an absolute hailed as a king. Bugs has come up to him and Bugs goes, we need to stop Pete. He's out of control. And Bugs and Mickey team up together to take down Pete within Warner Brothers Looney Tunes. And in the whole end battle is the Disney characters and the Looney Tunes characters coming together to take down Pete and his army. Who's Pete's army? Yeah, absolutely. I need to clarify this. Oh, shit. Um, so Is it just all the villains from each show? Well, I was going to say I, but I've got absolutely no clue. The guy with the guns and Lenny Oh, the wee Martian guy? Oh, no, the wee old guy with the ginger beard, eh? Both of them. Uh, both of them. Fuck it. Aye. minute, the big chicken. Right. As well. Would okay. you call him? Uh, um, big chicken. So it turns in a big, huge battle between the both of them. And at the end, home, they both realise that Disney and Warner Brothers are better off together. They make a deal and it's a $500 billion deal right, and eventually stop. they can make what? it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a great pitch. I'm going to ignore the last 10 seconds of what you just said. Absolutely, let's do that. Jack, Jack, you've got to, this is no, some like, that was That was brilliant. That, that's difficult. <laughs> that's, that's, that's difficult to talk in this first round. I'm certainly, I'm certainly going to give it my best give shot. Give it your best shot here. Classic shot. Disney right. character, what are you going for? Is I'm everybody, talking, has everybody got a 40 minute spare here for like basically this universe, right, and uh, and the Disney mascot universe, mm-hmm. and each like mascot or like breed of mascot, you know, they're all different animals and stuff. They all like at this point because the world has become so racist, this universe has become so racist that they all live in on their own separate islands, right? And it's like basically this quest for mass like uh, like world domination or like you know the to control this planet or control this universe. So it becomes originally this mad, like it starts off like chapter one, like this, these sea battles that take place because through over the years, like they're, they're fighting through sea, like, you know, obviously the means is that they built ships and all that. And, and through industrialization, they start to get weapons and start to get like uh, vehicles and stuff. So that the war just continuously, continuously gets more and like more and more advanced. Until the warfare becomes like basically sky warfare, and it becomes like Star Wars of like the Disney, um, right? Basically, becomes like a complete replica of like a Star Wars story, or not 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 Star Wars story, but some something similar. Until that's like the la- that's like the last one where it's like the big fucking showdown. Okay, and it's like who will prevail? Like Donald from the fucking Duckland, like Mickey from the Mice Mouseland, and du- like you know what I mean? They've all got their own dynasties, like from their own races. Pluto, obviously. Yeah, this is wild. Pluto and Pluto people. And it's just so, so serious. So, like, there's going to be, like, a, like it could be one film and it could just be, like, like, I don't know, a 20-minute segment for each, like, evolution. But you basically, it starts okay. off, like, these sea battles and stuff and you can see Donald, like, as a pirate and that, you know, and they're all playing, like, this in this act. And then, is it live action? I mean, no, is it fucked? It's, all, <laughs> it's all animated. 
<laughs> By the way, if anyone, I'm not, I'm not giving anything away. If anyone says the word live action for their movie, <laughs> then right, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to downplay about it. Right? <laughs> so carry on. So, right, so I think I've got, I've got a general the, picture. The, the there, main, Jack. the main plot um, will be you actually, you're going to follow the breakdown of Donald because Donald seems to be the most dominant. He's got his wife on hand, Daisy, obviously, and he's in his strong family, family household. Um, he ah, seems because the money from Scrooge, aye. He's getting funded for Aye, Scrooge, I presume, well, obviously. But uh, he seems to have, all, like, I don't know, his 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 uh, land is like one of the most prosperous. Mickey's obviously doing quite well for himself as well. Like Goofy and the other hand, they're having to fight for fucking survival, you know, they're struggling. Um, like, mm, even, Donald's, right. even Donald's land is like, is, uh, is like evolving quicker. Like they're, 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 okay. they're the first to get industrialization and then other people catch wind across it, you know what I mean? People travel across yeah. and find out the secrets, and you know, it, it eventually will become a fucking galactic galactic warfare, like between. That's, that's honestly, that's absolutely wild. I'm not gonna lie, yeah, I'd fucking watch it. Well, right, so I'm gonna ask you some. I'm gonna let you uh, battle out with each other as anything about the others' uh, screenplay that you think makes it lesser than your own pitch. Oh, I just think. Are you, are you asking? Are you asking me what's shite about his? Hi. <laughs> right, when I start, <laughs> I'm absolutely no watching Goofyland for a fucking 20 minute segment. Uh, because Goofy's. No, there's no, there's no 20 minute segment dedicated to each land. It's dedicated to each like, time period that they're fighting in. So it starts off like the, the fucking, I don't know, like the, just before the Industrial Revolution. So everybody's only got ships and So it's, it starts with the Industrial Revolution all the way up to Galactic Warfare. I mate, that's what I'm saying. What's the span of this? But it's obviously not at the right time. It's a You've not thought this universe. through. You've it's a made up universe, bu- so there's obviously this budget, time jumps. This budget's too big. You can't, no there's chance. no director to take this on. There's no director, there's no chance. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll fucking do it. Jack, so Jack, Jack take is it there, I'm going to, you can't just say Truffle's going to be on. Is there a, a working director who you could see maybe fitting in with this? Maybe no, I really don't know, but only because I don't, it would be based off of like, who done, who fucking directed or who done the animations for um, Mickey Once Upon a Christmas, or whatever it's fucking called? Ah, you want them that? Ah, you, yeah, want, that you want the classic oh, That's, how, that's yeah. how the animation would be, like, similar to that, and it, I can just imagine... House of Villains. Imagine them all just, like, each each evolution, each uh, time period, they would obviously be playing almost like a different character. So, like, it would be the captain of the ship in the first one, like, this warship. But Donald mm-hmm. would be the captain of his fucking like spaceship by the end of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And everything well, in between, I'm... he would be like he would be the commander leading, you know, like advanced warfare. Like, do you know what I mean? Against what? And Goofy, what Goofy right could be now. depicted as like some, you know, I don't know, some other. Where I stand right now, Jack, I'm like because we're pitching a film here, <laughs> and right now it's into like four hours. So my mindset going into this last little bit is that Luke's script is a bit tighter because mm. it focuses on this one character's journey mm-hmm. but I'm still giving you a chance to come back at his script right now and convince <laughs> me wrong so what would you say is wrong about Luke's uh, peak movie idea? it's not even necessarily wrong it's just that I mean for one when are you going to get the rights to fucking cross platform like that <laughs> 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 listen, oh, listen mate what's a point <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make an absolute valid point right here it's been done before it can bloody get done again it's it, been done it, it can be done back. mate it, that's a good I mean, point I mean, back then it was right we're going to remake Sonic the Hedgehog but fucking 
like oh, Mickey okay, Mouse. Okay, let's calm down by the, getting us thinking about what we're saying. Just have a wee think about what we're saying. Don't dig your hole here, mate. Don't dig your hole here. No, the only thing I would just say that, yeah, well, okay, maybe the crossover has been done, so it's maybe not as not as fucking dramatic as you seem to think it's going to be, which was the, oh. the gripping point was, oh, there's going to be this big crossover and it's going to be... But that's like, it's been done as well. Like People have seen the crossover. Are you, like people, are you telling people, me, are, are you telling me previously with the 15 seconds, Bugs and, and Pete's always Pete is always going to have like that storyline. That's not, that's always been his storyline. never. But you're be, you're going to make him like overcome. But that have you have you to, never just to tell me tell me tell me exactly. you're going to make a movie about Pete, Pete should be the hero. Pete should actually like. Who are you to say that Pete should be the hero? Who are you to say? No 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 no. The hero in this. You're basically putting Pete up on a pedestal just to make Mickey the fucking winner again. When it really should no, be Mickey's no, other glory this Friendship time, is the one that again. Does friendship Pete. and partnership is the one that again because two companies have to come together once Pete again. Pete is not evil. Pete is not an evil character. He's just absolutely is. Saying, no, he's you, fat. You said, he's huge. He you said he was fat and huge and, and and unlike. That's what you said. Dislike. You did not say. Listen, I never wrote the character of <laughs> Pete. I'm just basing off the the basis of what I know Pete on. Don't okay, guys, final thoughts from each of you. Luke, your final thoughts first. Looks a floozy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your final My thoughts? Final thoughts Summing up everything we've just discussed. As much as uh, I like Jack and all this, his idea is absolute dug me. Um, no, <laughs> 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 no, I would genuinely, Jack's idea sounds class, but not as a film, though, as you say. I think I would like to see that as more of a TV series more than anything. Right, I, I would, uh, oh. I would, see what I did there? See what I did there? I took the piss out of you and I just brought it right back. Get up, you. It's a strong point to finish. No, it's a strong point. I, your final thoughts? I, I've, uh, I think I was a bit under the cosh with your pitch, um, to be honest. And I, although I'm not admitting defeat, I certainly understand you getting the victory. <laughs> right, time, time in that one. By the way, all right, see if you came back in your final thoughts there were a strong final. It was a lot closer than you thought because I thought Luke had it completely in the bag, but then it was when you brought out the facts of the company and then Luke came back, it's been done before, and then you said it lessened the impact. I was like, that's a good wee knock you got in there. But see the point about Pete should be the hero in that movie? What you said, I was like, I was all but I was actually Aye. 100% behind you. But just because Luke came back at the end there and said what I thought was the, because I think your idea was really creative in its own right and exactly the type of thing I'd expect for you to turn everything into a race war <laughs> in, your, in your movies and shit like that. I was just like, here we go again. I was feeling like, you know what? It was, it, was, it was a very inventive, crazy idea, but I think Luke was right. Just too much. Not Ooh. a condensed down story. So the first round point has to go to Luke there, but a better... A better battle than I was thinking, all right? A better battle than I was thinking. <laughs> so we're going to go to the director-actor question here. All right. We're going to keep it on topic. Our director will be Bad Times at the El Royale's very own, Ooh. Drew Goddard. Yeah. The actor I will be pairing him with is a guy who's been in the news a lot recently, the current Spider-Man. Tom Holland. You're obsessed with this. I'm going to give you. Obsessed with him. I'm going to give. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple of minutes again. Uh, while you do that, I'm going to update the listeners who perhaps don't know about the updates in the Spider-Man news. Uh, Spider uh, Sony were currently recently at a convention. Um, 
the update basically is that the door has been closed um, on Spider-Man's involvement on the MCU for now. So it seemed like a definitive statement, and a lot of news outlets were reporting it as a definitive statement, but the uh, the common consensus seems to be it's closed for now. Maybe they didn't have plans for him for Phase 4. Maybe this is just to hype up him coming back in Phase 5. It's a definite possibility. We don't know. We'll just need to see what happens. Um, but for now, it seems like Spider-Man leaving the MCU will be doing his own thing, uh, and Sony have seemingly put that to bed and made it definitive. All right. So I've killed some time there, gents. How are we with our blind pitches here? Oh, yes, decent, so, decent. Uh, 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 I, <laughs> um, do I hear Pete? Uh, Tom Holland playing as Pete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely thank fuck I went first last time. On you go, Jack. <laughs> Are you going now? Right. I'm going to give you... Are you ready to go? Um, no, no, I'm just uh, beefing it out a little bit. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm going to put a pause on the clock. When we come back, Jack will be giving his pitch. All right, the pause is over. Uh, the Rebels have won. Oh. And uh, Jack is here, <laughs> ready ready to go. On you go with your pitch, Jack. Right, so Tom Holland plays a young boy, a young boy, not a young boy, a young man in his mid-twenties uh, in Boston from an Irish-American family. His name's uh, Freddie. Let's fucking make it up. Uh, <laughs> Freddie. That's a strange second name. Freddie, <laughs> that's very Irish. <laughs> so, uh, Freddie McClough, right? <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, so he's a gambling addict, right? So he, he went, um, he used to run like racketeering, like fake racketeering in Boston, uh, which is where he's from, um, out the back of his dad's, like, I don't know, some, some business he had, basically. He used to run like a racket behind it. Um, he then naturally becomes very wealthy to the point where he goes to casinos and, and spends a lot of money um, the kind of overarching story is that he loses his family fortune because uh, he came from a really really humble beginnings and, and like obviously got a lot of money from it his dad did his own business and worked really hard for the business whereas mm-hmm. he's just kind of got money he's just got lucky off of the, the gambling do you know what I mean on the side um, yeah. but you know, all and he's he in a in an attempt to basically chase back his losses, he uses his family's money, money, business money, blah blah blah, and loses it all. Uh, and he then has this like obviously serious altercation with his dad, and he and he beats up his dad and puts him in a coma. Um, and then he basically like it's just him trying to like win back some sort of respect from his family, um, of trying to win back money, like. Obviously, like th- his means were obviously always gambling, so he obviously yeah. chucks the gambling and, and tries to find like an, another way to do it. And he uses his number crunching because he was a really, really smart guy, obviously, and, and was kind of illegally gambling and illegally um, like counting cards or that kind of stuff. So he became successful at that. So he uses his number crunching and also a bit of good luck that he obviously always had um, to kind of finally win over his parents and stuff. Uh, win back his, his the love from his mum and his dad ends up being alright in that as well which is nice <laughs> but, so it's a happy ending it's a kind of nicer ending but uh, um, it, it would be like it, the idea behind it would be the uh, what's his name fucking Goddard what's his chops Drew, yeah, Drew, Drew Goddard, Drew Goddard. Would, would want to create like this really really bleak 
scenario for this man. This man who seemed like he was on top of the world uh, and loses everything, and, and not only loses the money and everything that he was riding high off, of, but loses kind of the, his most valued thing, which is the respect of his family, which he was really close to when he was younger. His his sister had a, an accident or something, which brought them really close, and she like maybe she died or something. So he was you know constantly kind of. He was working for the business. He was doing all the, you know, you'll see the kind of flashback scenes early on in the film, like to him working uh-huh. out the back of the dad's shop as the racketeer. He, even nice. Though, so again, even like, like it's like uh, bad times and just going back in time and stuff yeah, like so that. Even, time stuff yeah. Like so that. even though he's he's it's sinful the acts he's doing, like you know the betting and, and all that kind of thing is maybe seen as being the the darker side of the business. He still worked hard for it. Um, nice, and then it, when he gets obviously, as I said, once he gets too big for his boots and he's he's minted, he doesn't, he, you know, he kind of forgets where he came from. If that makes sense, but he uses nice. the number crunching, as I said, to kind of you know earn a decent living, uh, get the money back for the family, support the family, and then it's it's quite a nice ending. In the fact that, um, mm-hmm. but as I said, I want I wanted Drew to kind of create this scenario where it seems like Tom Holland. I feel like he'll act really well, and and a when he's like under all this. Like insane amount of pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, I can see him like at his wit's end uh, with the pressure that his mum's putting on him and his dad's obviously was putting on him. And then his dad, as yeah. I said, he has this. He snaps at his dad and he punches fuck at him. And do you know what I mean? Uh, and then nice. This... I like it. I'm in on it. I'm in on it. And I like Tom Holland for that role. Yeah. Um, like they sort of conflicted, giving him a good acting performance. They will talk a bit more about Drew Goddard in a minute. Look, I'm going to come to you for your pitch here, though. Right. Here we go. So, just a bit of backstory here. So, Drew Goddard, he's the two films we were talking about previously. So, there's Bad Times, The El Royale, and Cabin in the Woods. Let's keep that in mind. Let's keep those juices flowing, shall we? <laughs> just right? keep those. Oh, okay. I'll write that down. Okay. Right. So, you've got Tom Holland. Tom Holland is a is a, a struggling drug, drug addict in his 20s, funnily enough, the same as he, 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 he can only, <laughs> can only be about 20 in and fucking all his films anyway. We're obviously going to make him <laughs> Right, but the film starts off, right, and it's Tom Holland, he's taking his ski mask off with the holes in it, and he's just shot someone in a bank, focus ski in the background, he can't believe it, his eyes are all bloodshot, it looks fucked, and you think, what the fuck has he done? This, the gun's still smoking, and it cuts, and it's a few years later, right, Two years earlier, sorry, two years earlier, and it's him, and he's a, a drug addict, and he's he's going in and out, and he's he's doing petty crimes, and he's he's fucking horrific, right? But suddenly, like he's doing those petty crimes to get by, to do what he can, and then you realise throughout the film, he's doing these things because he has a bipolar kind of personality going on. He does he's mm-hmm. he's t- torn between two people at the moment, and then. The currently when he's in his drug addict form and he's he's so high and he's he's trying his best, he's getting by just to get a wee bit of just that next hit and he's got this voice in his head and as the film progresses that voice becomes louder and louder and louder the more he takes, the more drugs he takes, it just becomes more apparent and it takes its form on his left shoulder and it seems to be a very miniature sized Toby Maguire on his <laughs> left shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Maguire. Is sitting on his left shoulder telling all these things to do. Okay, stab her, get her purse, or punch that baby's face and get her purse. <laughs> wow. And as he goes through life, he's he's just becoming more and more, and Tom McGuire becomes more and more powerful with it, his left shoulder. It's the more he spins into this hole, this, this hole that he's in, and then 
he goes home and he gets a phone call one night and it turns out it was his sister, his little sister, has turned has suddenly became she has got terminal cancer. No, sorry, I've I, I brought it back. No, no, sister, cancer. No, no cancer. No, no, she's not getting she's not get terminal. She's not terminal yet. Okay. Uh, uh, terminal. Okay. Yes. Still right. has it's, uh, no cancer. Okay. So it's no terminal yet, right? So she's get she cancer, Got and the, you, you can tell from the distance phone call. It's it, he's he's been distant from the family, and they just want to tell him just to let him know because it's looking like within the next six weeks to two months that she'll die, and it's horrific. But they they can't pay for the treatment, so he goes, "Oh fuck it! Oh, if I can get money from her, I can easily just go clean and just get the money to get her help, right?" So as Tom Holland's mm-hmm. fucked up state, Tom McGuire's telling him, "No, fuck her! Yeah, you you never around with her anyway. Fuck her!" And he's like, "No, no, no!" So he starts doing the same things again, but it's like he's trying to do wee jobs here and there, and he's helping folk out. He realizes that Robin's not the way to get the big money. He's just helping folk out again. Here they're never working in shops, delivering papers, delivering milk, and he realizes there's actually a world without without drugs and all that. And on his right shoulder, suddenly becomes this new voice, and he can't. He's it suddenly becomes this new apparent voice, <laughs> and it's <laughs> into Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Nice. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Uh, right shoulder. And right he's, shoulder, yeah. He's right shoulder. Uh, top right right shoulder. Right. So, okay. throughout the film, it's, uh, it's Tom Holland's journey throughout his life, trying to make sure he's right and trying to do the right thing for once in his life. He's been always okay. bad. He's always had Toby in his left shoulder as inspiration. But now he wants Andrew. He wants Andrew to be there. So Andrew so and Toby are constantly arguing in each year, shouting at each other. All right, so how do we get to the shooting? So basically, <laughs> Toby, they, he, he brings all the money to the sister, and the sister's like, the sister's called Aunt May. I mean, May, sorry. Um, <laughs> sister's called May. Right. And uh, she's like, Oh, this is this is great, and they're suspicious how he got the money, and they don't want it. And then turns out he sees the bill, and it's it's still another five grand short. So he goes, oh, I don't know what to do, don't do. Toby pipes up. Toby stabbed nah. Andrew in the face, and he's like, "You rob a bank, rob a bank." And then he goes in, he puts the gun to the last seat, and Andrew's shouting, "Don't do it, don't do it!" And he shoots, and then it cuts to black as a twist, and the two. Andrew and Toby disappear from his shoulder and the police are behind him and he's like, fuck. And then the two police officers that are arresting him are Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Oh. Cuts to black. <laughs> and then the Green Goblin the shows up. <laughs> so <laughs> the most important question I have for you right now is, is Toby Maguire dressed like his emo phase in Spider-Man 3? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's for your... Um, that's for, that's, for, uh, that's okay, your that's interpretation. Uh, two, yeah. two, two pictures I have... Um, <laughs> I have a lot of questions about. Uh, <laughs> I think the best way to ask it is just to ask these questions to you, Jack. I'll come to you first. What about Drew Goddard's style or previous films makes you think that it's best fitting for your idea compared to Luke's? Uh, well, that's what I was saying about the pressure um, that I would want to put on him. So a lot of the scenes would be quite dark and quite gritty. I don't know why, but I do have this this image of like, the, I don't know, I've created this sort of Irish-American slum in my head in, in Boston, right? So like uh-huh. the, this idea that I don't even know what time it would be set. It's not really, it doesn't seem modern to me. 
to be honest, that there's like still racketeering going on and stuff. So I was thinking maybe yeah. even, like he was kind of young, he's in his twenties or something, or uh, in in the nineteen twenties, or in, you know what I mean, or shortly after um, the First World War or something. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure something like that. Maybe where there's there's, there's you, money to be made from opportunity like this. I, does it look similar to Bad Times at the El Royale? Um, is he going to still have a sort of similar filming style? Well, see it, the, the idea. I see actually see the Miles in this and Bad Times at El. Um, the idea that like see the pressure that he's like well his act is brilliant and I thought but the the pressure that he seems to be under that kind of like constant like just he's so fucking sorry for what he's done you know that way mm-hmm. he's he's like wanting to confess continuously wanting to confess after okay. loses, so it comes sort of a third into the film where he loses the money. Um, after you see him, obviously the, his upbringing and, and the relationship with his mum and his dad and stuff, you see that, and he loses the money, and it, it becomes like this massive guilt. Like he's just so, he's like he, know, he knows that the only way he can really make it right is by getting at least some money back because he's like he's fucked it basically, you know. Um, and, and I like I like the justification, like because his dad he put his dad in hospital and his dad will obviously be fucking raging and his mum's raging about it and blah blah blah, but. It was his dad that set him up for that job. His dad made like got him into gambling and got him into the racketing and do you know what I mean? So he then right. so then Can I cut you off just now because I'm basically ready to make a decision. Oh what um, the fuck? Unless Luke you can give me because I I like your idea on I like your idea because it's funny. Right. But there is no way <laughs> well, let me just run through the points I've got here. Alright, so there is no way that anyone but it's going to cast the three of them in the same movie because for the same reason that you've put them in the same movie, <laughs> they're all Spider-Men and everyone's just going to be talking about that. Tell me this. <laughs> Tell me this right now. now would you go see this film? Having... No, no, no. Would you go see this film? Would you go see this film? Yes, but I'd see Jax as well. Right, exactly. So get fucked. So the sister having <laughs> cancer was one thing, Look, but see when you called her May... <laughs> now I couldn't help but think that there was a distinct that's random. That's just random. That's just uh, yeah. that's just a random. Oh, thing. so I said the sister of mine dies and all. That's no fair. I mean, that's why I said it was the terminal. It's a twist. <laughs> Let me explain <laughs> my answers. Right, because <laughs> because Jack's sister dies and his, I'm going to have to go. No, no, let me. Right, 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 fair, fair enough. Right, this is always going to down to the wire, anyway, <laughs> but let's let's be honest, right. So I'm going to explain my thought process, right? So basically, mate, I was you... actually fearing for my for for winning that there until you started bringing it to Tobey Maguire, Pish. Like, I was <laughs> I certain. See... see when you were talking about the the fucking schizo personality, and that, I was like, oh no, no, no. I, see, I, I was going to. There was a whole other route. I was going to be like, aye, but people always. If I'm a producer, am I giving money to a schizo thing so people can be like, no, nah, we shouldn't be making movies about this? You know what I mean? Like that, that would have been the only hit back I had. No, no, no. No, but like to be fair, right? My thought process in that is Tom Holland. You can't help but think Spider Man anyway. But Drew Goddard, and the reason why I mentioned the whole two films at the start was because the twists and it, it, they're not big twists, they're twists nonetheless. So the twists at the end, the fact that even the two cops are always going to be there in the back, and the fact he's cancelled, you don't know if she survives, and it's a total twist and turn, and it would be as colourful. It would be colourful when it was Andrew Garfield talking about life, and then it would be bleak and dark as it is in these previous films, when it was Tobey Maguire. Um, Tom, Tom Holland, when you have a line in it, it would just be the two, but that's the matter, right? <laughs> I like, I, there's, there's a good story in there, Look, I think he got lost in the Spider-Man stuff, though. I just, I, you know what, you know what I'm like, so you know what, you said Tom Holland, and my head went, 
webs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, just, I, I just couldn't help but think I would the the whole the whole idea of a spider versus. You know what? I Jack, you win me, win me. I was about to continue, <laughs> to be honest. I was just going to say right. that the bit that the flashbacks and that would all be kind of like styled like. Uh, bad times at El Royale. I think it's like similar. Good. Like you know how obviously it gives you. He, she yeah. gets hit in the head and then she completely flashes back to like when she was Listen, a kid. I'm glad. I'm one. glad you said excited about your ideas, but I'm wanting to move on to the next idea. All right, it's all about you, Troff. Uh, this uh, is what I mean. Attitude yeah, is over. We can't do any fun anymore. That's fine. Here we go. So once again, thinking about casting, directing, and all that when you're doing it, it's just the random bit question, the random plot device question. I'm going to say uh, something that you need to include to your movie, alright? Oh, I was going to just oh, see for this sake. one. I'd already going to give you one. I'm, I'm sorry. I think I've already told you. I'm sorry you can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can only apologise, Jack. So here is the question. A 20-year-old girl finds a winning lottery ticket on the ground. Include that in your movie. Get back to me how you win it. Well, I'll let them think, guys. We're going to cut. See you in a wee minute. <laughs> Aye, so they've had a wee minute to think. Um, and who would like to go first this time? Jack. Jack, right. it's up to you, mate. I'll go, I'll go first. Uh, I'll go there first. we go. I'll go first. Right, tell me your pitch in two minutes or less. Right, so <laughs> the girl's basically just walking down the street and it's like a complete opportune moment. So she just finds finds the ticket on the floor and she's like oh that's a lottery ticket and she fucking she just picks it up and she checks the date which is the main thing because in my films she probably would just pick it up and be like ah what winning lottery ticket mental but she's going to pick it up she'll read it she'll see it's the date it's that day's date so if someone's obviously bought it for that day but of course the lottery numbers have not been read out right mm-hmm. anyway so she goes on about her day she actually works as a waitress at just a wee cafe yeah, this is di- directed by Edgar Wright by the way um, okay. I'm thinking oh, like nice. flashy like fucking loads of colours it's sort of like maybe like maybe 80s or something you funky know, um, yeah. bit of funky eh? mm, bit kind of yeah and, she, and she's like just <laughs> strutting her stuff down the, down the street and she sees the fucking the glimmering lottery ticket on the floor and she's like ooh what is that she picks it up and as I said yeah she reads it um, so she's like yes I've got a ticket but I need to go to work now so she's on her way she goes to work she works at this cafe and it's a boring job and she's basically just fucking hating her life which you know she keeps like putting her hand in her pocket to like get things and the lot of tickets there and she kind of keeps reminding herself like by the bar this has happened by the bar um, her boyfriend comes in and meets her and she, so she's going to like meet different people on this shift like like throughout the, throughout the night and she has conversations and she's just like kind of I'm feeling quite lucky blah 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 um, just keeps like got a really good feeling and stuff uh, and then uh, <clears throat> The key point. She um she's on her way home, like after whatever, and she goes to get the bus and she misses the bus and or for some reason the bus doesn't come. Um so she starts to like walk it back to her house, but it's like she lives in like like Wyoming or something. Right. Yeah, she and she's like having to walk down like <coughs> excuse me, some like kind of country roads and stuff. Okay. Cars like whizzing by and she's like kinda of, like, blind one of the one of the cars pulls over. It's probably about like I don't know, nine o'clock, something like that. Like eight o'clock, nine o'clock or something. So the lottery numbers are um, I don't know, <laughs> are juicing. Um and the car pulls up like behind her and she sees the flashing lights and she's like not the flashing lights, like the, the headlights and she kinda double takes and continues to walk on. By this point she's taking her shoes off and stuff because her, her feet were hurting. Okay. Um she's 
uh, anyway, so this this car's like sort of slowly driving behind her, um, like just kind of creeping up behind her, and she's walking and walking like basically what, what seems like what seems like <laughs> nowhere. The car, and the car's just getting closer and closer. She's still yeah, she's still creeping and stuff. she's still creeping. <laughs> he's walking. What happened? Uh, and I basically this this abductor gets out the motor and grabs her, nabs her, bang, bash, hits her. All over the place takes her in the okay. car, but she manages to <laughs> manages to kind of fight him off for a bit, and and eventually gets out the car. And he right. like not getting his way, gets back in his motor and runs over her, <laughs> and and fucks off like actual fucks off and leaves <laughs> leaves her for dead at the side of the road, and she dies. And then it's her, her like the next day, and um um. No, it's not. It's not the next day. Sorry, <laughs> it's uh, like obviously that that night we're fucking our family are in, like watching, watching the lot. <laughs> so for you, so for you, time in this, this is shocking. Is this the end, Jack? Is this the end of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the more, the more that's sitting watching lottery numbers, they don't even know. Oh, all right, son. <laughs> oh no! Oh. What's happened? <laughs> no, the twist would be they're still. Not, you think for the whole film that the lottery numbers that she's picked up are going to win? They still don't. No, the twist was uh, the guy who got the motor was actually dead Bundy. <laughs> I'm no kidding. I'm no kidding. Right. So, he, so she was one of the victims of like Ted Bundy, right? And, he, and she was a lottery winner that night, but he. Like fucking done that to her, and it's like uh, it's like <laughs> she died. I it's, like, it's like bad days. <laughs> it's kind of oh, like it's, it's kind of like a it's a really bad take on once upon a time in Hollywood. Like he's he's changed history so that this woman doesn't die, but Jack Higgins is changing history so that a new woman gets killed by Ten Bundy. Okay, I get the movie. Look, can you give me your pitch? Oh, <laughs> oh get fucking let's go right. So this girl right. <clears throat> and she's social media daft. This is set in modern oh, day. Oh, so, <laughs> I think I win. Luke, just pass me it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So that's what that's cool. modern day, right? So modern day, she's social media daft, loves Instagram, loves, she's on Tinder, she's on the Twitter, right? She's got, she's tweet daft, right? Gain it partner, right? And basically, her mom's no well, but her mom doesn't like own, but the only audience knows her mom's no well, she's getting results in, but her, we, her daughter's a pure brat, right? So she's like, oh, fuck, I guess. So her daughter goes out and she's playing with the dog and all that and she's walking with the dog and basically she picks up a lottery ticket, right? She's like, oh, so the day, turns out 10 buddies can be killed on. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. So she picks up a lottery ticket, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, she goes, oh, fuck. She's like, I'm going to check that. So with, uh, she checks uh, National Lottery. She's like, she's walking the dog, like, she'll launch a lottery, taking the piss, like, Put her on Snapchat. Oh, I found the lottery ticket. And wonder if it's a winner. <laughs> like, and all these folk are like, that. like she's quite popular. So folk are like, oh, no. I wonder if she's a like folk try to like guys try to graft on her. Like, oh, did you? <laughs> and then she's <laughs> so, so basically the gets sorry. Turns out she's actually one right. She's like, oh fucking no chance, man. So she's freaking out. She's posting it in social media and she's like, I can't believe this, can't believe this. And guys like, oh, no way. So she runs back to the house, turns out her mom's deed. No, 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 I'm not laughing. Right? I'm also killed herself because she's like, I can't deal with this. I can't what? deal with this. I'm, I'm no well. And she's like, oh, fuck. And she's got this money and 
she's like, oh, right. And so she's, her dad's left her on that. She's on herself. She just got the dog and she goes, I don't know what to do with this money. So obviously she goes through the process of getting the money and then she buys all this shit and she puts it on social media. As everyone's actually, can't wait to be your friend and all that. And guys are grappling, but she's just <laughs> the same lass as she was. Were you laughing at? Right. So that sounds like that's, <laughs> not, a, good, that's a good not, first act. So what's the, not what's right, the story so she's, after that? No, right. So, so, basically, so basically she goes through and she's, She's learning more, like, so she gets all these deals about, like, because she's got all this money and she starts getting <laughs> social media famous and all that. It's everything that she wanted in the first act of the film, but it turns out it's it's not what she wanted. Like, it's it turn, boils into the fact that all this does not matter. She's got the biggest house that she could want. She's got the biggest motor, she's got the best pets and all that, but it turns out it's not what she wanted at all. She ends up and she just starts realising that she should donate, donate this money to actually research into what actually her mum that like suffered from so the oh, disease that she got and good, the fact good. that she was suicide awareness and she goes you know what it's more to life than social media and it's more to life than just revolving around yourself and I, she went she should have been there for a mum and been an open book for a for mum to actually tell her what she was feeling like and it it ends quite bittersweet that she just accepts what happened to her mother but she also realizes that she had to be better. And as a 20-year-old lassie, it's a 20-year-old film. Oh, it's a 20-year-old girl's film, and it's like a total arc of moving from being a wee teenage wank into adulthood and realising there's more to life than what you think. So, Good. you laughing at me about Ted Bundy? I Guys, I do have some... Uh, some- some changes no. to make I haven't mind to be honest okay I'm on 3% so can <laughs> we make it I don't Aye. want a this, car creeping no, in a girl no, that, five minutes again no, that, well that was that's not the point that was the longest scene in the film right but only to create suspense but uh, my original I kind of took it a bit too far because I got back the other way I thought I thought it would be quite funny to put a wee uh, once upon a time in Hollywood spin okay. on it basically basically she was going to she was going to pick up the ticket and she will die Um uh, but I had this plan that she would be like buried, and they would like no one would ever know. Like you know that way, like they would obviously the coroner would do the inspection and blah blah blah, and everything would be done. But that lottery ticket would have like she I don't know where she put it, but she put it in like the threading in her jumper or something like that. Yeah. Um, or like in like kind of like the inside pocket or something. And it was just never ever like whatever. She was even buried in the same clothes and stuff, and it just was buried with her. And it would be like a nice film, obviously, like and respect to this lassie who was well loved in the community and well loved in her work as you've seen like from the people that she spoke to and the the, the aura that she was giving off um, nice but it, it was kind of like that money just died with her and she was unlucky to be lucky if that makes sense is that the name of your film yeah that's what I mean. <laughs> Love is, it. what's the actress who's the actress in the lead role jack you have 10 seconds to give me an answer 10 seconds yeah uh, fuck it i'm gonna give it to that what's her chops dakota 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 oh Dakota. no, mine's is hundred percent got to be um, what's that last year? Lily James. Well, Lily James would have been mine, but Lily James is already the fucking and baby driver, the the woman that works at the mm. cafe. So I, I had that in my head. So I didn't oh, want to say it. I have to say, Jack, your sounds a bit short. Your sounds. The plot of your movie is she finds a lottery <laughs> ticket, goes to work, leaves work, gets killed. Lottery ticket never found. <laughs> Aye, that that is brilliant. <laughs> Luke's movie 
And uh, but Jack, this is a judgment. I don't want you to make any mistake about it. This and I thought you know, say in the matter, okay? <laughs> Luke's movie has an arc. <laughs> Luke's film is a film, all right? Your movie <laughs> is twenty minutes of a movie. His, <laughs> film, his movie is twenty minutes, and then Ted Bundy appears. <laughs> and while it's been a great fight, the first fight was very close. Second fight, Luke fucked up. <laughs> this <laughs> on this one, give Jack, me, give me a fucking break here. You're not even you, getting a chance. You. you Fucked up, alright. I have to give the pitch battle championship to oh, Luke McLaughlin. Oh, yes, I'm disgusted. If you came back, you said I, I gave you a chance to change it. I was like, I'll let him change his pitch. If you changed you know, it, how did you not like it? Because it was too short. <laughs> it's too short a film. It's not too short, mate. I'm telling you, listen. <laughs> And she goes, she, goes, well. she goes to work nah, and nah, she meets nah, all these people. Nah. She gives off the audience. She talks about money. The she's, only people she met meet... was boyfriend. The only people she there met was boyfriend. Her character arc is that she died wanting to win the lottery and then she actually had won it. That's not a character arc. That's a, that's well, a... How are you going to have a character arc if she dies? Luke's had she someone who started somewhere and through tragedy and through getting stuff in the life, realised that you br- had br- to be a better person. And it's a modern day story. Get it up here. I'm absolutely clued in with the wings. I know exactly. See how I said Tinder in that? I knew exactly the wings are in it. Tinder. <laughs> Listen, it was, a, it was a good fight. I enjoyed that. Um, next time that you defend that title, Luke, well, not be, will not be in a normal show. You will defend what? it uh, under the watchful eyes of Nicky Buchanan. At Pitch Battle 2. The way it's going to work at Pitch Battle 2 is two triple threat matches, all right, to determine who will go one-on-one with each other. And then the winner of that will face you in a best of three. Fuck me. Fucking hold that, by the way. Hold that. Absolutely. Just the title is remaining here. The title is remaining in my arms, don't you dare and bother announcing this pitch. Well, we can here. we can announce obviously Nikki will host and judge, Jack and me will both be competing in those triple threat matches. All right, I'm sick of competing and getting beat, <laughs> <laughs> and I can also announce. I'll actually eat yours for once. <laughs> when did I, I get you fucking lose? <laughs> Rob Jane will be back. That's when I'll win. Rob Jane will be making his return to pitch battle. Rob right. Jane will not foil me again. Rob Jane will be back. <laughs> Rob Jane doesn't know this. Rob Jane will be back. <laughs> <laughs> After walking out with one of the most iconic pitches of all time. To, it was. to have a legitimate pitch battle too, we need Rob Jane back with his cows in the field. Luke McLaughlin, champion of pitch battle. Uh, I feel like I feel we, champion. We need to get a belt. Someone surely has an old wrestling belt sitting around in our gaff that we can just spray paint. If anyone <laughs> at the uni, to be honest. I, 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 I have. Like, somebody so. must have one like that. Opens his wardrobe, there's fucking a bit hanging. I was looking for, because I know that Rihanna had an Intercontinental title and she had a Divas title as well, uh, which I purchased for her for Christmas presents when she was me. Um, but, you know, I cannot find either of those belts uh, for, uh, for the first pitch belt anyway. But for now, we're going to end it. Luke McLaughlin, champion. Um, and... I'll say it one more time, fuck's sake. <laughs> Jack, it was a close fight, like, and it was, fairly, it was fairly judged. You cannot argue that that third pitch nope. was better than Luke's. I'm the sorry. Like, there's, there's, like, there's actually no I mean two ways about it. The next time that we are all together, troops, the next time that we're together will be a big show because we will be watching 
the greatest films ever made. The Star Wars prequels is our next show. Episodes one, two, no, and three. No, we are going to go through Christ. it. We're going to get through the mud that is Star Wars episodes no, one, two, and three. Of the clone. Gems no. of the early 2000s. Jack, are you excited? I actually quite like them all. So see if, see Luke, if I get are you excited? Can I stop? Can I get excited <laughs> when no see them? <laughs> no, Luke, there is no getting out of this. I have been oh. waiting patiently for Luke McLaughlin to talk about Attack of the Clones oh, extensively on this show. Fuck me, man. I need to watch it. I fucking can't be honest. We'll see if we can get together. We'll try and all get together and watch it. Anyway, guys, it's been fun tonight. Jack, sign us off. No. <laughs> no I'm in a mood. From myself. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure tonight for the <laughs> champion of the pitch battle. I'll hopefully see you soon, guys. Come back for the Star Wars prequels here my absolute anguish here my absolute pain of watching that absolute shit show of Attack of the Clones and Hayden Christensen's absolute ability to act and why he was cast in the first place bye but I'm the champion <laughs> so bye bye <laughs>